Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. It do us all good to put men, to put ourselves in Joseph's shoes. Ladies, it, it do you well to put yourself in Mary's shoes. And uh, imagine how fearful you would be getting this type of news. But then both, both of them heard those two words. Fear not. <laughs> Help us. Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which, the prophet, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he, I don't know why that's so special to me, but he called his name Jesus. It was Joseph that named baby Jesus. I, I want to take my text here on verse number 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, but listen to this, for he shall save his people <laughs> from their sins. Dear God in heaven, we pray that you touch us. God, if all you want today is just to read your word, God, I'd be fine with it. But God, I pray that you would just move and touch in our hearts. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for those little nuggets every once in a while you just drop on us. God, we pray now that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read verse 21 again, and I need y'all to get it. There's an angel talking to Joseph. The lady he's about to marry is, she's got a child she's on the way. She's been found pregnant. Verse 20, the angel came and said, fear not. This little baby, it's of the Holy Ghost. Now, if that's not enough to take in, <clears throat> he says she's going to bring forth a son 
You'll call his name Jesus, but listen to this. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Joseph. Don't know a whole lot about Mary. But I believe that for the angel to say this phrase, for he shall save his people from their sins, I believe the angel knew Joseph. I believe the angel knew that Joseph might have had an inclination of what the Scriptures had said. I believe he had an inclination maybe of what the prophets had said would come. He even quoted Isaiah in verse 23, A virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I want to focus on that, that last phrase of verse number 21. He shall save his people from their sins. And I want to preach on this thought this morning, a strange way to save the world. Years ago, I'm talking years, I was, I was a, I was barely had my driver's license. I heard a group sing the song, A Strange Way to Save the World. And uh, I, I, I find myself listening to it in the middle of summer. It don't really matter to me because there's just something about this song. And if you've ever heard it, you may understand what's so special about it because it's, it's coming from the viewpoint of Joseph. Hearing all of these things going on, and you know, Mark Lowry wrote the song, Mary, Did You Know? And he began to ask a bunch of questions. And it was out of Luke chapter number 2 where Mary pondered all these, kept and pondered all these things in her heart. And so I just wondered, matter of fact, this week as I've been studying, I thought about maybe preaching a message on Joseph, did you know, and maybe bring out some things. But the angel said that this boy is going to save his people from their sins. And this song talks from Joseph's point of view And he asked three specific questions. He said, why me? Why him? And why her? And so I want to deal with those three things today. And and I don't want it to be just purely academic, but there's some things this morning that I want us to see. And I believe that we can look at the the, the Bible and really get to know uh, the answers to these questions. First of all, why me? Well, Jody, you said it this morning. Why would he choose somebody like me? And for every man and every woman and every child that's ever been touched by God, we've probably at some point entertained that question. Why me? I was saved in a garage with nobody else there. If God was going to save anybody, Abby... The only person there was me. But he came to that place. Why me? Why did he come to that place? Some of you were saved in church and there's thousands of people that he could have that day on that Sunday morning or that whenever it was, he could have went to anybody. But he chose to come to you. And Joseph, I believe, might have asked this question, Why me? Mark chapter three, verse, chapter six, verse number three. It says that Joseph was was, and I want to say this respectfully because we have some here today. But Joseph was just a carpenter. He wasn't a man of of valor. He wasn't a a, a, 
a valiant man as far as a man of war. He wasn't a, a soldier. Uh, he wasn't a rich man. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't a man of note. He didn't sit on the city council. He, he wasn't uh, the mayor of Bethlehem or of Judah or of Nazareth. He was a carpenter. It says, uh, one of, one of the disciples, if I'm not mistaken, says this, or one of the Pharisees says, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and, and Joseph and of Judah and of Simon and are not his sisters here with us? And it says, and they were offended at him. They were talking about Jesus, but, but they're, they're reaching back and they're talking about Joseph. Here was Joseph, he was a carpenter, he's a man of trade, the songwriter said. There's nothing special about him, but yet still he would be chosen to become the earthly father, listen, to the Messiah. This was not just some baby that was born. I, if, if you're on Facebook, you know how I woke up this morning in a cold sweat. Oh my goodness, I, you just have to ask me later. But, but there's something special about fathering a child. There's something special about that little boy or that little girl coming to you and, and reaching up and calling you daddy or, or calling you mother. This wasn't just a child. This was the Messiah. This was the one that had been prophesied would come and Joseph is asking himself, why me? Why God did you choose me to become the father of this little baby boy? Well, let's just look. We don't, we're not going to read them all, so don't get scared. But in, in Matthew chapter number one, we find here that there are some, some genealogies, if you will. And there's 41 generations from Joseph all the way, or from Jesus rather, all the way back to Abraham. There are men like Zerubbabel. He's the one that helped lead the, the children of Israel out of Babylonian captivity. Uh, then you have some bad ones like uh, Ahaz. You, then you have Josiah, the youngest king. You've got Jesse, David, and Solomon, Boaz, and Obed. You've got Judah. He was messed up, and and uh, he, you know, he was uh, in our determination. He was of no count. But then you have Abraham. He was the father of nations, and and so you can see through through his genealogy as well of, as well as all of ours. There's some good branches, and then there's some that we just soon cut off and not worry about those. Y'all know what I mean. But we find here that that in these 41 generations that it goes all the way back to Abraham. And if you remember, there was a promise given to Abraham uh, that his seed would spread. And that out of his seed, God would give a promise. And so even though that this child was not biologically uh, Joseph's, he was still of his body. He was still of his flesh. You say, well, what do you mean? I don't know if there's anybody here that's ever adopted a child. But if they've ever adopted a child, you, you, you cannot tell me uh, that they love their biological child any more than their adopted child. Matter of 
fact, they're so much so in love with that quote-unquote adopted child uh, that they consider him or her their own. And when you say, well, how many children do you have? They will tell you two, five, twelve, whatever it may be. And somebody may have an idea that some are adopted and they'll say, but how many are biological? And according to, mm, I'm about to run, according to mom and daddy, they love them so much, brother David, that they're all biological. They've raised them, they've fed them, they've changed them, they've, they've taught them. They, and so Joseph is Jesus Christ, the Messiah's earthly daddy. And it could be said that though, though his genealogy may not be in the very blood or in the very veins of Jesus Christ himself is in Jesus. You remember there in Mark chapter 6, verse number 3, he said, this is the carpenter. Where do you reckon Jesus learned the trade of carpenter? His daddy. His daddy had an influence. He said, why me? I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I, I, I don't understand. And God chose him. He was a man of trade. I believe he was a man of convictions. I, I believe it was Brother David a few months ago. He taught on this. Might have been last year. I don't even know. But he taught about, uh, uh, from these particular scriptures. And it, it says that he, he didn't want to make a public example. So he, he had the mind. It says that he minded to put her away privately or privately without a big fuss, without a big, uh, write up in the newspaper about this woman that, that claimed to be a virgin, but she was in a scandal and she, uh, uh had a horrible, no, he didn't want to, he didn't want to do that. He, he minded to put her away privately. I believe he was a man of convictions. He knew what was right and what was wrong. He knew, Brother Samuel, uh, he knew that this wasn't his child, but he didn't want to embarrass a woman that he loved. But in addition to being him being a man of conviction, I believe he was a man of discernment and obedience. Verse number 19 says that he didn't want to make a public example. But by the time we get over here to verse number uh, 23 or 24, something along those lines, you find that he obeyed what the messenger of God said. He loved her. He did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son. And so we see that this man, that God chose, he was a man of trade. He was a skilled man. He was a man of convictions. But he was also a man of discernment and a man that would obey. And God chose him specifically for this task. In Isaiah chapter number 7, verse number 15, we want to drive home the point that he was a carpenter and he was not a man of note. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 15 says, Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. This, verse 14, we'll read in a little while, but verse 14 is that prophecy that there is, there is, there is coming a Messiah. But verse 15, it, it, references back to that Messiah and said that he's only going to know butter and honey. He's not going to, he's not going to sit at king's tables. He's not going to be fed by the, by the greatest chefs in the land, but he's going to be very basic in his upbringing. And so God does, I believe God before he ever made the promise to Abraham, before he ever crafted Adam, I believe he knew who Joseph would be. He said, why me? Number two, why him? 
The songwriter says, with all the rulers in the world, I've got a map on the on my office wall, and I meant to look at it, and I got sidetracked this morning. But do you realize that that if we think about history in view of the Bible, many times we think of okay, Israel was the only the only place, or maybe those Bible lands were the only place in existence. Do you realize there was a lot of nations, a lot of rulers at the time that Jesus walked on this earth, from from the Greeks to the to the Romans, of course, but then you have the Asians, you have all kinds of different uh, nationalities that had formed way back yonder uh, at the Tower of Babel, and they had had created their own rulership. And so Joseph may have been thinking, you know, I I realized that we were promised a Messiah, uh, but man, with all the rulers in the world, could you not just raise one of them up? Could you not make one of them a Messiah? Surely not this little baby, but I believe even still God had a plan. Isaiah chapter number 7, verse number 14. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. Now, what was it that He said there in verse number 23? He quoted the prophet Isaiah in verse number 23. I believe to answer maybe a question that Joseph may have had, why Him? Why this little baby? Some thought that there would be a mighty king that would arise. Other thought maybe some some military might would, would arise and begin to wage war on those that held them in bondage. But there was still a few. If you turn over to the book of Luke, you'll find a few old saints of God uh, that had been waiting, that had been looking for the day that the Messiah would come. In uh, Luke chapter number 2, verse 25, it says there was a uh, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Uh, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the... Mm, for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. I, I just need to say, wouldn't it be a blessing if we had some men that had the Holy Ghost upon them and just waited on God to say, you go here, you do this, you do that, you talk to that one, I want you to do this work. Man, it, what a blessing it would be if Lighthouse Baptist Church had a, a, a house full of men that were filled with the Holy Ghost waiting for God to show them what work to do. That's what happened here. This old man, he was a devout man and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, if I understand it correctly from Malachi to the book of Matthew, uh, as we as we see as far as dates, there's about 400 years. And uh, this man had been waiting for a long time. Brother Bobby, he had, be, he had heard about the consolation of it. He had read Isaiah's words that God was going to send him a sign, and there was going to be a virgin that would bear a son, and that was going to call his name Emmanuel. It, it, it would mean that God is with us. And if God is with us, then surely by definition, He will going to deliver us and he had been waiting for this consolation it says and it was revealed unto him the whole, by the Holy Ghost that he would not see death until uh, before he saw the Lord's Christ I love that y'all ain't got that it's, it didn't say the Lord Christ it said the Lord's Christ some of y'all going to get that eating a chicken wing this afternoon and it's going to bless y'all socks off listen to this and he came by the mm, and he came by the spirit to the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him 
after the custom of the law. Then he, this is this Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou my, thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Now, notice, Jesus hadn't died here yet, right? Jesus is only a couple days old. Simeon doesn't even really know all the circumstances. He didn't hear how the angels came. He didn't hear how the angels came to Joseph and then another night to Mary. He didn't understand. He didn't know any of those things. But he saw the salvation. He saw the salvation of God. How, how, how did he see that? Well, if you remember very in verse number 26, it says it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will tell you some things sometimes that can't nobody else tell you. Amen. Three of y'all said amen. That's good. It says, then he took him up and he blessed the Lord. He said, let me die in peace. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles, the glory of thy people Israel. Notice what this says, verse 23, or 33. Luke chapter number 2. Uh, let's just read over that. Luke chapter number 2, verse number uh, uh, 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. But all of a sudden we find them both in the same boat. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. They were both told that this was going to be a savior of the world. And here this, and I'm not being disrespectful, but here's this old man come and he's holding their baby. And he's blessing the Lord. He, brother John, he's having himself a Holy Ghost fit because he's seen the salvation of God. And here's Joseph and Mary. Brother Kenny, they saw an angel. Eyeball to eyeball, they saw an angel and they're marveling at the things that are being spoken about their little baby. How that he's going to be a light to the Gentiles. How that he is going to be, what did he say? The glory of thy people Israel. And they were standing there and they, they, they were marveling. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Now listen to verse 35. It's not very comforting. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So we see that there was some people still waiting. They had not given up on the Messiah to come. There was at least two people. Here was Simeon. The next few verses, verse 36, there's another lady by the name of Anna. She was a prophetess, the daughter, the daughter, the daughter of Phanuel or the priest of the tribe of Asher. And she was of great age and lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. So here she was, 84 years. She's been all alone. She departed not from the temple. She served God with fastings and prayer night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake unto him uh, unto all, spake of him to all that look for redemption in Jerusalem. There's two people at least that hadn't given up. So the question first of all was why me, Joseph said. Then he said why him? He wasn't a king. Wasn't some soldier. He was just a baby. But he was a prophesied baby. What was so special about him? Isaiah chapter number 9 verse number 6. For unto us 
a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I'm going to read those names again. I just want to, I just want y'all to reach up in the, in, in your mind and pick out one that does something for you and just give me a, mm, okay? I know we ain't black, but some of us got 2% and I'm proud of it. The government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus is. He said, why Him? Why Him? Because God knew who He was. Do you hear what I said, Brother Sam? He didn't know who He was going to be. He knew who He was. Listen to this. John chapter number 1. I got. I, I, I thought I had it. I thought, y'all hang on. John chapter number 1. Verse number 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It says, and the Word was made flesh. Who was the Word? Well, let's look back at verse number 1 and verse number 2. In the beginning, doesn't that sound awful familiar, you readers of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So if you believe that God always has been, then you have to believe that Jesus Christ always has been too. Because in the beginning was the Word. But verse 14, Brother Jody, says that the Word was made flesh. That means God had His only begotten... And we'll get to the only begotten Son here in just a second. I'm trying my best to hurry. But God looked at His only begotten Son, who was slain before the foundations of the world, and said it's time. And He stepped through the ages of time. And I don't know how it happened, but He ended up in the womb of Mary. And this little... Embry- is it called an embryo? This little, this little thing, I don't even know how big it is, was the Son of God. And he was separated from God the Father for at least nine months. And here he was, this little baby that we think wasn't a king, that we think, oh, he wasn't all that special. We see that he was called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty judge, the mighty God, the mighty king. He says, this is who he is, not who he will be. Listen to this. John chapter 3, verse number 16. You know this. What what does it say? For God so loved the world. And I need you all to help me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, I've said it for years. Every, pre- every decent preacher I know have said it for years that this word begotten is it, it, it's from his own loins. This is, this, Jesus Christ is God's fleshly son, if you could say it like that. God's blood runs through Jesus' veins. Okay, y'all, y'all bear with me here. 
You say, well, what's so different about that? Well, this is just kind of a, a parenthetical thought because the, the Bible mentions sons of God elsewhere over in uh, Job chapter number 38. Job, you, you know all the stuff that Job is happening. And he got to the point where he too was questioning God. And uh, he thought he had it figured out. And God began to kind of preach to him, Brother Job. And he says, where was thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? He said, declare if thou hast understanding. He goes on in verse number 5, Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? And those are all pretty good, good questions. I'd kind of like to know some of those. Where are the foundations of the world fastened? I've been helping Braylon in her science. Man, I'm blown away. I done forgot most of that stuff. How in the world? Does God hold all those things in it? How does he do it? I don't know. He's God. But he says, he said, where were you? Whereupon the foundations fast? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Listen to this. When the morning star, he's asking questions. He said, where were you? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. There's a difference between the sons of God and the son of God. Now, we could dive headlong into a vast dimension of unknown in this sons of God thing. But I think it'd be sufficient to say that those are God's created in heaven. Those are those angels and they were singing for joy. Let's just leave it there. But God so loved the world that He didn't give an angel. He gave His only begotten Son. The only one he had. The only... What's so special about Jesus? Well, he's the Word. He was in the beginning. He was begotten. Acts chapter number 4, verse number 10, uh, down through verse number 12, it says, Be it known unto you all. This is Peter uh, uh, preaching. He says to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, or name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Uh, this is the stone which was set at naught of you, uh, of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. God not only knew who He was, God not only knew that He was His only Son, but He knew that He would be rejected, but yet He still chose to use this baby to save the world. He said that the builders rejected it. He said, you crucified Him. The builders rejected it. He said, but there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no hope without Him. Could you imagine if Christ had not come? Could you imagine if there was no angel appear to Joseph or to Mary? Could you imagine? I just kind of just heard just lightly y'all singing through the doors this morning. And I don't even know what songs. But could you imagine uh, if those angels did not come out and sing? Uh, uh, what, are, what are they saying? Uh, I almost said, oh, come all you faithful. That's not what they say. What did they say, woman? They said something about who? Glory to God in the highest. That's what they said. You're going to have to get right and finish my thoughts. Could you imagine for a moment if they did not come 
and say glory to God in the highest. Who was that? The shepherds? Could you imagine if the star had not appeared in the sky and those wise men from the east came in search of who was there? Could you imagine? Miss Sam, without Christ, that baby, there'd be no Christ, that little 12-year-old boy who was teaching in the temple. Without that little baby, there'd be no one to walk on the water to show those men who he really was. Without that little baby, Jesus, being born, there'd be, uh, there'd be nobody, nobody worthy to bear my sin. Without that little baby, Jesus, there'd be nobody capable of, of paying the penalty for my sin. That's a big price. And he paid the ransom, Stanley. He didn't just shell out just if you will put this towards it. No, he paid the entire thing. And can I say this? And I, I'm sure this is not original, but just hit me. He paid the debt before he knew the total cost. He died. Everybody says two thousand years ago. We'll go with that. I like the math to be right. Not quite 2,000 years, but it's getting close. Samuel. He could have been justified in paying the price on that day on Calvary for all the sins of the past. But as soon as he said, it is finished, those others that started sinning. And the debt has gotten deeper and deeper and deeper. There's been, by my standards, countless, Bubba, countless men and women born in sin. But he decided that he was going to pay for it all. And I said that he didn't even know the final cost. Now, he's God, Brother David. He knew. He knew. But in our mere minds, there's no way we could have calculated, Kaylee, all the debt of sin that would have amounted over these thousands of years. But Abby, he knew that there was only one thing that could pay the penalty no matter what the price was. And that was his own life. (laughs) Without that little baby... There'd be no Calvary. And I'm glad this morning that the baby came so that I can look back to Calvary. And I could see my Savior there dying for me, Benji. Dying for you and for the sins of this world. It's because of that little baby. Joseph said, why? Me. Why him? I'm going to give you this and I'm going to cut it off. He would, he would be rejected. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 verse number 10 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven 
and things in earth and things under the earth. All of the things that I just described and many more, no doubt. All of those things have happened because of that little baby. There was no pomp and circumstance when Jesus was born. We'll deal with that some other time. There was no, almost said there was no choir of angels, but actually there were. (laughs) The only one that could really be said about. Made news in heaven, Brother Jody. But it didn't make the, the Bethlehem Gazette. It didn't make news back in Nazareth. Nothing really special about it. But by faith, we can see that God told us, told us that a virgin shall conceive. She shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Verse 23 of our text, which being interpreted is God with us. It's an awful strange way to save the world. Let's stand. If we can get an invitation this morning. God knows our hearts this morning. I believe God knows what we need. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. I love that, that, that phrase in that song that the lady sang first. I'm here to tell you. The first line of that chorus says, I, I believe it's, uh, I'm here to remind you. Something along those lines. There's something that we need to be reminded. And on this this Christmas season, I'd really love for us to to picture if this was our last Christmas season. And if if it is our last Christmas season, then I want us to really truly understand what the reason is that we celebrate. It's a strange way to save the world, this this calling a carpenter to be your son's earthly father. It's a strange way to save the world, just sending your son who was there in the beginning as a helpless infant. But God's got a plan. And if I could say this, the ending of His plan, or very close to the ending of His plan, is standing where you are this morning. You are the reason why God did this. Dear Father, we pray now that you would take the message. Lord, apply it to our hearts, our lives. God, the thought isn't complete yet. Lord, but as you give liberty, we'll finish. But Father, today we ask you that you would touch your people. Lord, let us realize that because of that little baby being born, there's so many things that we now have. God, we pray you'll touch us in Jesus' name. Amen. What we've seen.